Lights, action, performance. It's time to showcase yourself with us. It's the Entertainment Biz Podcast. So joining us on the podcast today is Jack Mason, musician and singer. Nice to have you here. Hello, sir. Hi there. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. So music, um, how long have you been creating music and uh, singing, basically? Oh, blimey, I couldn't count. Um, I've been um, I've been performing since I was about seven years old, a musician for about 10 years. I've been a singer for about, how old am I now? 15 years. How did you discover music for the first time then? That's what I'm going to ask you. So I come from a, I come from a big family of musicians. So my granddad was a singer. My dad was a Paul Weller tribute artist. My sister is um, a singer also. So we've kind of had the background through our whole family. So is this something you've always loved when from a, a very early age and all that kind of stuff? What was the what was the passion for music? Why why did you love it so much then? It it was just there. It was it was like an outlet for me. So I had um I had a lot of like issues growing up, like with school and stuff. But music was like an escape for me. I like what you said. Uh, your whole family. There's music in the whole family. I bet it's fun at your house at Christmas time. <laughs> Do you have, I always imagine musical families are, um, you know, you get out your guitar, you get out your voices, you sit down, you have jamming sessions. Is that the kind of thing that normally happens? You could say that. I mean, when a, when a, we have a few musicians in the family. We're not all musicians. We come from different backgrounds. Most of us are in the arts, though. Well, that's, an in, that's interesting, isn't it? You know, not sitting around the table talking politics and engineering. It's all about the arts and entertainment industry. Oh, no, trust me, my nieces are too young to discuss the Brexit deal. <laughs> we don't say the B word. We've so moved on from the B word. <laughs> um, you said you've been singing for about 15 plus years. Yep. And playing, what, guitar for 10 years? Um, yeah, I've played guitar, piano, ukulele for about the same amount of time. Which one did you decide to learn first? So I kind of jumped into all the instruments at once, but... I really wanted a ukulele for Christmas and I was lucky enough to get one. So I, we had a ukulele band at my, at my school. This was when I was about 12 years old. So kind of went for one day and I didn't like it. So I decided to teach myself how to play and I'm still playing today. Wow, that's interesting. So you've just taught yourself, did you teach yourself the guitar as well as the piano? I've taught myself every single instrument that I've played. Wow. Okay. Well, so talk us through that though, tip on how to do that. Cause I just about play a triangle if I was put under pressure. <laughs> so it helps, it helps to know the basics, like using, using this hand, using this, obviously using each hand. <laughs> so with an instrument, your hands do two different things. So you've got one hand for the strumming and you've got to use this hand to put in different spots all over the neck to get a different sound. Once you learn the basics of that, once I'd say once you learn about three chords on any instrument, you could pretty much play anything because they say, they say it like this, you, only, you, you can play any song in the charts at the moment with just four chords. You discover your voice. How did you discover your voice? Just so, for the family. Honestly, it wasn't really me who discovered it. I was I used to sing in the car all the time with my mum and then 
this is like on the way to school we had like we had like Gabrielle playing and stuff like that yeah my mum's a big Gabrielle fan but um so I kind of it was my parents who discovered my voice really so my mum from when I was singing in the car and then around the house it was my dad and then my dad used to host the open mic nights and he got me up on stage for the first time when I was about seven years old. Okay, where was that? Um, used to be at a pub called The Queen's Head. It's not around anymore. So your mum, your parents discovered your voice for you while you were singing Gabrielle. So that must be quite an influential artist for you. Who, who do you look up to artist-wise? Artist-wise, I love Ed Sheeran, Sam Smith. Um, I love Frankie Valli as well. I like, I kind of like my my genre of music. I, To be fair, I love any style. Any style will make me happy. Now let's think, let's talk songs then for you, for instance. Uh, when you were growing up, do you remember some of those first songs that you heard with your parents? I remember some of the first songs I heard. Some of the first songs I heard. I mean, my dad was a Paul Weller tribute artist, so... Does he uh, was he playing like stuff from the Jam, for instance, or was it just Paul Weller's solo stuff? Yeah, it was. It was Paul Weller, the Jam. So, do you remember some of the artists and other apart from Paul Weller? Um, so, I used to, I used to listen to a lot of eighties music. So, artists like Tears for Fears. Who else? Um, Toto. I love the song Africa by Toto. Um, Aha, and just I love I love all the bands from like the 70s to the 90s some some of those artists that you've just mentioned there do come up quite uh quite frequently with some musicians that we do have and the 80s seem to uh with you younger generation seem to uh kind of motivate people to where they are now kind of thing with you for instance jack it's the same uh with some other singers that we've had the love of 80s music is still out there so much I, I don't know what it is about the 80s what is it for you it was just the best it's just the best anything the music the movies i can't i can't i can't watch a modern day movie these days I, it has to be an 80s one <laughs> yeah but some of those are really cheesy effects now if you think about back to the future how cheesy that cost possibly could be or is this one of your favorite movies that i'm dissing here now i was more i was more into uh the Goonies and the Karate Kid. <laughs> so you like the big fun movies, then? Obviously, you you, you know I, I quite like the fun movies. I'm a, I'm a lover of the Carry On films personally myself. So oh, if anyone who doesn't love Carry On, sorry, he doesn't love a Carry On film. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, I'll, I'll be quite happy to uh, sit and watch Carry On films all day. You know, with my mum, and it would we still laugh our heads off as um, and many times that we've seen these particular movies. But there you go. So there I you mean, go. Yeah. every everyone still gets excited at Christmas when they realise that Carry On camping is going to be on the TV. <laughs> what with the barber wins a bit when the bra comes off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. It's, uh, it's the humour, isn't it? It's it, it's what it is, and all that kind of stuff. So, what have you what have you missed uh, in uh, recent times? Because obviously, you know, it's 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 very frustrating uh, for a musician not being able to perform at the moment. So, what have you missed? So, uh, like most people, I'm skint at the moment. <laughs> but um, no, so I missed I missed a lot. So. I've I was booked in I was booked in for a lot of gigs in 2020 and the beginning of 2021 um but 
all my gigs got cancelled as soon as COVID happened. And how does that make you feel? Oh Jesus, it's um not good, not good because uh, like I I struggle a, I struggle a lot with. Uh, I struggle a lot with people like in the workplace so really finding it hard to get a job at the moment as well so it's a, it's a tough time out there and for just a getting a normal kind of job apart from you know building on your music so you've got two things that you're you're battling against there really aren't you i know and it's it's not fun no i can imagine so where where would you like to take music to as far as i can take it i mean music music like i say was a big outlet for me in school so it helped it helped me a lot with um well like i said i was um i was bullied quite i was bullied quite badly growing up but music was kind of like my hideaway and i went to college um i got a, i got a diploma in vocals i've literally just lived on music pretty much so wherever i can take it i i want to take it as far as i can whether that's just writing songs in a studio and just getting them out to a local audience or being able to perform in a re an arena one day it's the love of the music that uh, keeps you going isn't it you can see that and you feel the passion with you I can we just go back a little bit because uh, you've been on x factor then you yes, talk I us have. That process then. And what made you decide to apply to go on X Factor? So I didn't apply for the show. I got asked to audition by uh, by one of the producers of the show. So a video of me went viral at the beginning of the year I was on, and one of the producers contacted me and they asked me if I'd like to go to a private audition for the show. And I thought, okay, why not? I'll I'll see I'll see what happens. And went to the audition, I sang three songs and then a couple of months later I got a phone call. I was on the bus at the time, so it was a bit embarrassing, but um one of the like runners for the X Factor and I had made it to the judges audition and you could imagine my excitement when loads of passengers are just staring at me like I'm an absolute weirdo. I got to the audition which was uh, in Wapping in London at the tobacco dock. Spent the whole day there and then I managed, I got in front of the judges at about I think it was six o'clock in the evening. They ask you to get there at like 9am and then you don't end up performing until like six o'clock in the evening. I got four yeses including making one of the judges cry with the song. Who were your judges that year Jack? It was Louis Walsh, Simon Cowell, Sharon Osbourne and Nicole Scherzinger. Impressive lineup there then and what was the song that made Who Cry? So I sang um, I sang a country song. It was a song called Anyway by Martina McBride. Why that song? I was a big fan of The Voice, whether it was the UK or any of the other countries around the world. One of my one of my favourite singers as a as a kid was um, a, a lad called Billy Gilman, and he kind of went off the scene for a little bit, and then he ends up as a contestant on The Voice, the American series. He sang this song in the live shows and. His version was just spot on. Everything was just so powerful. You know what? I like this song. I want to give it. I want to give it a go. My whole family was against me doing the song because they didn't think it was like very well known. But then I ended. I ended up getting four yeses and making one of the judges really emotional. That's a very powerful, very powerful thing to do. So what happened? How, to start with, how did you feel after the four yeses? Wow, to start, that would be my reaction on a minor scale. And then what was the journey after that? So 
I was I was I was kind of surprised to get four yeses. I didn't I like thought, am I really good enough for this? I thought because Simon's like the big boss of the show, um I thought I would walk away with maybe three, maybe two yeses, and then I ended up with four and I was like, You kidding me? <laughs> but then um my journey got my journey got better and be- better and better as as I went on. So the next stage of the show is boot camp and we have three we have three stages to get through. And I ended up in a group with two other girl acts. So there was a girl group and a girl in the overs category. And then we have to perform we have to perform for the judges. And then they started to call our names. Jack, can you step forward? And then so me and the girl in the overs category, we stepped forward and we both made it through and the girl group didn't. Is it is it good? Is it bad? Is it good? Is it bad? A lot of things play play on your head. You have to be really resilient and be prepared for the knockbacks as well as everything else. So, so moving on a little bit, where did you get to? What happened? So I made it through all three all three challenges in boot camp. So we had like the Wall of Songs challenge, and then we had the arena audition, which was that was four thousand people. I sang the song It's a Man's World by James Brown. I got a standing ovation from all four judges and I got fr- and I got through to the next stage which was probably the most brutal part of the show. It's uh, the six chair challenge. So only six only six people are getting through but we had we found out who our mentor was a couple of days before. So they they took all, they split all the categories up so 17 boys made it through to the six chair. We went up to this room in a hotel. And we waited, we were like stood waiting at a, at a door, waiting to see who was going to come in. And who who comes through the door? Louis Walsh. So. <laughs> were you pleased with that? Um, I was like kind of like mixed feelings because like people, like Louis normally has the groups and we're just thinking, well, I, I, wanted, I wanted Sharon, I wanted Sharon to be my mentor because... I've got I I got on with her from the beginning, but then I did get on with Louis as well. So so when it came to the six chair challenge, the boys were going up one by one. Some of them were getting a seat, some of them got rejected. I was the last out of all the boys to go on stage. So all six chairs were filled at this point. I'm just thinking if I don't get this song right, it's over. I sang a song called Rise Up. It's by Andrew Day. A standing ovation from Sharon and Nicole. I had the whole arena going and I got all the boys standing up giving me a standing ovation as well. Louis like pondering his decision. He's like, he looks at me and he goes, you've got something that's very rare. You've got likability. My problem is, because he said to all a lot of the boys who got sent home, he said, my problem is I've got no seats. He was like, then he looks at me and he goes, Jack, I don't want to lose you you are getting a seat as soon as i as soon as he said that i dropped on the floor i kind of like huddled my head near enough crying because i because i'd made it through i made it to the next stage which was the judge's home stage so you go you go abroad to a different country to perform for a judges and the judge your mentor and a guest judge where did you go i went to istanbul and your guest judge? um my guest judge was mika uh, so how long were you out there for then how long uh, we were there for four days did you have any, have, have any time to uh kind of walk around and discover the place so they they took us to the grand bazaar the big market in istanbul where um 
that beginning scene from James Bond, James Bond Skyfall was filmed. You did that, and how did you get on? I so we had to perform two songs for for Louis at this point. My two songs were "Clown" by Emily Sande and "Lost Boy" by Ruth B. We we all had different songs. We all had different songs, obviously. But um, my main song was "Clown" by Emily Sande, which was the one that was put on TV. All of the boys were amazing, and we had we had kind of a theory. It, we were like. It's going to be between so and so, so and so, and me and someone else. So the so all the boys who made it through to judges' homes, there was me, Lloyd Macy, Spencer Sutherland, Aidan Martin, Sam Black, and Leon Mallet. We thought it was between Sam and Leon. Leon was first to go for the results. He didn't get through. Sam was next to go. He did get through. Aidan and Spencer. We thought it was going to be between those two. Aidan was next to go didn't get through, Spencer was next, did get through, and me and Lloyd Macy. I was next to go. Louis sat there, he's like, first thing he says to me is, you, you're not the best singer in the competition. But then he says, to, he says, there's something about you that's really genuine. My song choices were brilliant throughout, throughout the process of the competition, because I always pick different songs and my musicality is brilliant. He said to me, the only issue is that I had never given him a brilliant vocal. He said it was always, just good but the thing that hurt me the most was when he said i think i like you more than your actual singing voice yeah i can imagine that would be very painful especially as you've described your journey to that point where you had one of the judges in tears you had standing ovation you had um a, or an arena full of audience in your hands and he's telling you that he said to me he was like the pressure on the live shows is crazy and then he was like, it would be a massive risk if I took you through. And he was like, I've made my decision. I'm just there like, at this point, I'm shaking because I don't know what's going to happen. And then he says, I'm not going to put you through. So I'm, I missed out on the live shows of, of the X Factor. I made the top six of the boys with more than a lot of people can say. How were you, how were you feeling? Obviously, you must have, you know, you, you know, initially gutted. Um, but, you know, what is how how is it for a musician when, you know, you've gone through all this process and then suddenly, sorry, I can't take you any further? It's it's tough, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Do they give you support at that point or do they just say thank you very much and goodbye? So they give you a little bit of support afterwards. So because it's it's all filmed before it's on TV, you, it's, it's not live until you get to the shows. I finished in Istanbul. So as soon as we found out our results, we went home that, that evening. The next morning, we go our separate ways. What happened for me was I got home, but my family weren't there. So we'd actually planned a family holiday my whole family had gone away to, had gone away to spain gosh so you came home to an empty house as well as having had that news it must I, have been a very difficult thing to do what did you do i told my mum what happened when when i was still in istanbul so i heard my results and then they were like you can call your family and tell them my mum called me up and she's like jack do do me a favor go get a suitcase packed and get to the airport tomorrow because we've bought you a ticket you're coming you're coming out here so that was that was that was really nice. So I kind of kind of like failed with the X Factor, but then I come home from Istanbul and then I'm off to Spain two days later. So that, that's very high flying, isn't it? That's very that kind of that, roll to start with. So, so moving on from that, you pick yourself up. You started gigging in the odd place, did you locally, or what did you do? 
um, I started gigging. I, I'd done a lot of local gigs and I'd done a couple of big gigs as well. My biggest my biggest performance, I think, is um, was Twickenham. I did uh, I did the Army versus Navy rugby match. Oh yeah, well that's always a good one. In two thousand and eighteen, yeah, that 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 was a big one for me. And then we have the wonderful pandemic hit. So um, everybody goes right. We've got to stay in. We've got to keep safe. What are we going to be doing? Perfect amount of time for reflection and moving forward. So bringing right up to date. Where can we see you to sing in the future? What's the plan? So as soon as this pandemic ends, I will be getting back out to doing my gigs and I will still be busking as well. I feel, feel like what I want to do now is I want to get someone to come around with me while I'm busking and film my performances because I've, I've, just, started, I've just started my YouTube channel back up. So what I'm planning to do is get some songs out on the internet and then hopefully get discovered that way. Whereabouts do you busk then? Where can people find you when you're busking? So I'm from I'm from Aldershot in Hampshire. So um, I move around like the local area a lot. So I go to Camberley, Guildford, um, Reading. But I've done I've done a few places around the country. I've been I've been up to Liverpool. Been to Norwich, Northampton. Uh, Bedford. Is this the way forward for you then? You want to do busking and get somebody to do some lives for you or do you want some inside gigs in bars? I love doing gigs. Whatever venue it is, I will I will perform. I mean, I've had I've had good gigs, but I've had bad gigs also. So, I mean, the worst gig I ever did was at a pub in Woking. Let's just say when the locals get drunk, they do not give you space. They do say it's character building, though. Every artist has to have a bad gig or two to build resili- resilience. I know it was just it was just the fact the fact that I was standing there. I had my I had two speakers. I had um I had my guitar, and then drunk mate he comes over and he, he knocked a glass of beer over my speaker. Thankfully, my speaker didn't break. But everybody needs a bad gig. So people can find you out and about busking and you are available for um, other indoor style gigs regularly, but you haven't got anything booked just at the moment. I've got, I've booked, a, I've booked a couple in for after the pandemic's over. Well, we're able to like move out of it. But um, yeah, so I've, I've booked a couple of gigs in. So I've got like a couple of birthday parties, a couple of weddings but nothing really big yet. I'm open to any gig. And where can people find you if they want to book you in for something? So you could literally just type my name in on Facebook. When you see, when you see Jack Mason picture of this. (laughs) (laughs) Jack Mason, when it's you. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Go for Um, that. Yeah. You can, people can book in gigs with me on there. So music is in, runs through your veins and you just like to perform anywhere and do anything like that. So we need to wrap up now, but a couple of things we'd like to ask is song. One song you could take to a desert island with you that would um, soothe your soul, energise your heart, get you chopping wood. I have two. Is that, is that, is that against You can have two. As it's you, Jack, you can have two. So (laughs) the two songs I would take with me um, Go the Distance by Michael Bolton. I have often dreamed of a far-off place Where a hero's welcome would be waiting for me With a clown's will cheer when they see my face And a voice keeps saying This is 
forever young by the pretenders. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every hill. May you stay. You've told us about the journey, you know, the highs and the lows of it, but in particular for the X Factor and the last couple of years and having no money and no job currently. You, there must be in your reflective moments a, um, a quote you live by, I do. So it's something you go, right, okay, this, I'm going to say this sentence and that will get me through another moment. What is that for you? So I have a couple of quotes that I live by. So my main one is, um, if you can take it, you can make it. Good that one. was um, that was the quote of uh, my, my biggest influence, Louis Amparini. And another one? Everyone has a sub story, but that doesn't give you a right to be a bully. That Both was, very powerful ones there. That, that was my one to get through, getting through school and stuff like that. That's, that's um, very powerful, very powerful. Well, I have to say... Um, your quotes and those songs are a perfect place to end. They're very inspiring. And um, I wish you all the luck in the world this year as you come back out of lockdown. I'm looking forward to following you. So thanks for coming to talk to us. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Hey, thanks for listening. We very much hope you've been entertained. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page at Entertainment UK. You'll find all our podcasts at buzzpodcast.co.uk.